Welcome to Making a Scene, an Esplanade podcast on how art gets made. My name is Himanshu Varma. I'm the founder and CEO of Connected to India. In this Kalaotsavam special of Making a Scene, my next guest needs no introduction. I'm absolutely thrilled and feel extremely privileged to talk to Padmishri Padmushan Ustad Zakir Hussain. Ustadji, welcome to Making a Scene and thank you very much for talking to us. Oh, it is my pleasure, Himanshu. Thanks for inviting me. So uh, you said I should be calling you Zakir, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Yeah, call uh, me Zakir or Zeeb, hi, whatever you want to do that. Zeeb, hi, sounds I, I, I don't, I don't uh, like the idea of this Ustad or Guruji or something. Uh, I have a vague theory about that. And the theory is, as soon as you start putting you, you know, somebody up on a Ustad or a Guru or a Pandit level, you, you actually are putting them at a distance away from you. So they can't intimately interact with you. Uh, they have to now behave like this God-like people or, or you know, uh, guru-like people, somebody on a whole different plane of, uh, 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 of uh, awareness or anything. And, 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 and therefore, you get pulled away far and far away. The intimacy is gone. Uh, you must, uh, and, and the examples are there. The people who were closest to their gurus as friends and as, uh, you know, even in age and all, are the ones who became great maestros, like uh, people like uh, Ravi Shankarji, Ali Akbar Khan Sahib and all. The closer you bring me to you as a friend, the better uh, understanding we will have of each other and and better help we will be to each other. And I imagine the world should also, in some ways, consider that. That's a wonderful thought. On on that note, I'm going to call you Zeebhai because that, to me, sounds most... Uh, endearing and intimate so my thank first you question Himanshu. is <laughs> thank you uh, you were a child prodigy and you started learning tabla at the age of three uh, do you remember whether you whether you actually liked and enjoyed playing at that age and considering you used to wake up at 3 a.m for your lessons i think that that designation if for a lack of better word is sort of blown out of proportion in a sense that if you're a child being brought up in a music home or if you're a child brought up in a business home or in a restaurant home or something it is natural that you will pick up certain elements of what is going on around you that will happen and as a child you are impressionable you know things settle into your mind and uh, you know without making any sense they become a natural flow of your own thought as a kid and so People around you or people around your guru or everybody, your students and, and things, they make a big deal about it. Oh, my God, look at this child. It, it, it's saying bowls and it's saying this and it's saying that. And they add all these elements to it. So for me, uh, being a child prodigy is, is a figment of your well-wishers' imagination. And uh, so I don't consider myself a child prodigy. I don't consider someone like, say, you, Srinivas, a great mandolin player who was playing concerts at seven uh, and, and, and recognizing ragas at three or four years of age. Uh, I don't consider him uh, a child prodigy. I consider him somebody who having brought up in, in that kind of an atmosphere. And when you uh, put this label of child prodigy, then as soon as the person is not a child anymore, you suddenly expect that person to be an adult. It happened to me. I was 13, 14 years old and I was playing a hell of a lot of concerts in India 
with Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma, Pandit Hari Prasad Chaurasia and Viji Jogji and so on. And everybody was like gaga over my, me because I was so young. Two years down the road, I was 15 or 16 years old and I was getting reviews that were criticizing me for having not progressed to a grown-up level of thinking. And, 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 and suddenly, you know, it was a downer for me. I felt so broken and so, you know, uh, sad and hurt that uh, I was not being allowed to be a, a kid, a child, and enjoying the music as I should. In fact, in, instead, I was expected to be thinking of my music, projecting my music, processing my musical thoughts as the senior musicians I was playing with. And so that's, you know, a danger that I see in, in, in being labeled as a child prodigy. So I, I, I must say that I'm a young man. I was a young man. Hmm. I was impressionable. And, and since I was, what, two days, three days old, my father would sing rhythms in my ear. And that probably got me going a little bit earlier than other people around me. And, and so that happened. But from the age of three till the age of seven, he did not pay any attention to me. He left me to my own devices. And I guess the whole idea was that I should come to terms with all the information that was already swimming inside my brain and, and that I should make some sense of it in my own way and, and find, uh, you know, after sifting through analyzing and, and, and all that, assimilating all that information, that I would find a way to categorize, file, and put all that together in my head in a way so that it comes out as a coherent statement, a coherent uh, 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 thought. And, and, and so he left me to do that. And, and, and I thought that was a very interesting thing. And uh, uh, because if, I, if he would have just taken me on at that age, at the age of three, in a serious sit down, uh, learn, it, to, either of two things would have happened. One, either I would have just jumped right into it and plugged in and, and gone further and further, or I would have been turned off from, from being uh, allowed, uh, not allowed to be a child. And, and so uh, I'm glad he allowed me that. And, and it also instilled in me a thought that I'm supposed to find my own way around it. I'm supposed to uh, be me when I perform the music. And so by the time I was seven, I was actually doing that. And, and that's when he asked me if I was serious. And then I said, yes, I was. From that night on, around two or three in the morning, he started to wake me up and started to give me lessons. Uh, and those lessons were not set with the tabla and play. Those lessons were about our tradition, about our parampara, about our uh, our, our sabhyata and uh, our uh, and, and how this all came about and how the great masters were and the stories about them. And uh, then he would recite a particular rhythmic composition and then he would tell me the whole history behind it going back three, four generations. And, and it was such an amazing thing to be able to have that information coming at you at such a young age because, I mean, you know, the brain was open. It had space to accommodate all this information. And um, I have to say that my best learning time, that information that I'm still uh, 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 analyzing and still uh, downloading uh, in my brain uh, came, comes from that time between the age of seven 
and 12. You know, it's very interesting that you had those realization at age 7 and 12 and you still do No, not. I did not. I'm, I'm still having these realizations. In those days, it was, oh, yeah, give me more, give me more, give me more, yeah. give me more, without actually sitting with what was given to me in, in a small quantity and actually analyzing it in its depth in all the layers that it represented. I just surfaced, informed myself with all that stuff. But I have to tell you, through this COVID, sit down alone with my music, a lot of that information has been revisited by me. And that has been an, uh, an understanding or a revelation at a level that was not there when I was seven years old or 11 years old or 12 years old. And, and, and having spent decades with this art form, uh, I, I can now interpret what that gentleman was telling me at three o'clock in the morning when he said, Hori uh, Gat, and then and, and, and talk to me about Pandit Kanthe Maharaj of Banaras Gharana or Baba Malang of Punjab Gharana and, and, and uh, describing uh, the gut in a manner that didn't make sense to me then, but it makes so much more sense to me now. And so I have to actually thank my lucky stars to have gotten a little bit time away from the audiences and, and away from the connoisseurs in these last few months to be able to actually, you know, understand what it is that my relationship with him in those days uh, brought to me and many shades that it represented. And, and I probably just looked at one or two. And then at my early teens, like 17, 18, became so busy and started traveling all over the world that I did not actually, you know, give an in-depth uh, look to all that stuff. I just kept playing this stuff and, 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 and I did not, you know, spend the time that I needed to spend to actually get, uh, you know, the right understanding of what the music was. And, and, and so it's coming, it's still coming. So uh, no, in those days, I just learned the material. I absorbed the stories and, and the stories were like sitting as a child listening to an old gentleman by the fire telling me stories and being wonderstruck by those stories. And, and, and then that's it. The stories are gone, but the material, the content, the information that I could physically uh, connect with on the tabla was there. The story were imaginative and, 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 and it was in my mind, but couldn't make any, any sense of it at that time. And over these last many decades, and, and especially in this COVID time, I have gone back and closed my eyes and, and I vividly see my father talking to me and those words coming from him. And, and when he said, Beta Samko Dekho, mm. uh, you know, translating, look at the arrival point and where you need, in other words, where you need to go. And isn't that all what it's all about? Like, where have we come from and where are we going? And, 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 and if that understanding comes to you uh, and you can see where you're going, the path uh, by itself illuminates and, and, and then you are able to make that journey. And so understanding just that one little line, Beta Samko Deko, mm -hmm. has taken me many decades. 
Ziba, you're painting an incredibly beautiful picture here. So are you saying since the time you started playing music, this is the first time where you have had time to introspect about all the learning which you got from your father so many decades back. And this is the first time yeah. you're getting alone as an artist? Yeah, I mean, you see, imagine this from the age of 18, I'm already on a plane to Europe. Yeah. And, uh, and then next thing I know, I'm playing with Ravi Shankarji, playing with Ashish Khan, playing with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan, uh, running into Mickey Hart, doing a whole rhythmic world discovery with music from Africa, with rhythm music from Africa, Afro-Cuban, Latin America, jazz, rock, pop, whatever you want to call it, it was all Middle Eastern, all that suddenly bombarded with that. And then as I'm trying to make a little sense of it, I, run, I stumbled into John McLaughlin and then and and uh, a whole discovery with Shakti and, and, and jazz and all. I finished that and then get involved with Charles Lloyd and Bela Fleck and Edgar Meyer and, and uh, some, a horde of musicians and Alonzo King's Lines Ballet Company and all that is going on. When do you really have time to have an in-depth look? Yeah. I mean, yes, you can sift through it once in a blue and, 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 and kind of understand another shade and say, oh yeah, okay. But to, but then suddenly in the middle of the night, uh, while listening to his old tapes that I have transferred to digital cassettes and stuff that I used to have. And, and, and suddenly a new meaning appears because my eyes are closed and I'm just listening to him talk to me. And then suddenly, oh, wait a minute. Did he just say it because he meant this or he meant that? And then another path appears. And so this is what I mean uh, that has been going on over the decades. And uh, what COVID did was it allowed me to actually, fi uh, you know, uh, take all that I had discovered over the last three, four decades of his information. And then, and all the understanding that I had, but now finding even more in-depth meaning into this music. I mean... Uh, it's it's amazing when he says that uh, when he s recites a fr you know a combination of phrases, and you look in his face and 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 it sounds like he's telling you a story, but you're not understanding that story because you're just hearing these words like and he's making all these voice. Uh, 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 how should I say dynamics, bringing those into play, but so you understand on the surface that that's how you're supposed to recite it, and you figure that out. But what does that actually mean? And 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 are those words actual words? Is that an actual language? Is uh, is he telling me something about it? Like is is this person saying to another person? And is the other person coming to him and saying, and then you saying, and then the other one saying, I mean, I mean it's a conversation. And, and then you, when you start to understand that, you start to speak the language like as if you're speaking Hindi, English, Urdu, Punjabi, whatever. And, and then you do that, expression injects itself into the telling and 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 therefore suddenly the music becomes a living breathing organism and 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 that uh, understanding is a, a wondrous revelation it's like you know just a little south of achieving nirvana i have to say
are you alluding to uh, what is called the sawal jawab section uh, during a recital and with link to no sawal jawab is a frivolous thing that has been uh, kind of propagated to be able to titillate the audience and get them involved um, when you listen to the old recordings of the maestro there wasn't really any sawal jawab mm-hmm. in i'm talking about north indian classical music there wasn't there was an interaction between tabla and sitar or tabla and vocal and tabla and sarod and so on but there wasn't any sawal jawab now the sawal jawab came into play in south india in the carnatic system where in the tani avartanam where the rhythm is played they used the ancient system of ka- composition assemblage which is called gaupuch where by you know a cow's tail where the cow's tail is a little big uh it is and it's main a starting point and as it comes down it kind of becomes a little thin and then flares out a little bit more so the compositions are like that and so when they used to play those rhythmic compositions and share time with each other on stage they would follow that system and and because there were three or four of them they would play one after another people started to think that that is sawal jawab mm-hmm. in north indian music pandit ravi shankar ji introduced that into into the north indian uh, audience's mind by creating that interplay that asking and and, and responding uh with the tabla player which was my father and 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 it caught the people's imagination and and it became one of the highlights of of a north indian instrumental concert or a dance concert or so on but it wasn't a part of or an integral part of of our ter- tradition uh, 100 years or 200 years back it's a recent phenomena that has been put into place so it's not a sawal jawab it's a conversation when you talk about a sawal jawab when ravi shankar ji used to play he actually used to jokingly say sawal sawal what it meant was question question and the reason for that was when he played something my father had to play exactly that back to him so it wasn't like saying how are you and he said i'm fine thank you it was how are you and it was like how are you hmm. i'm fine thank you i'm fine thank you so it was sawal sawal it wasn't sawal jawab so uh, there uh, these are things that are uh, i would say you know development of indian classical music north indian classical music presented on stage as a as a as an entertainment art form and these elements have been added it, they they weren't there before so so what i'm referring to is an in-depth conversation that is taking place either between two three four people or a story is being told like when i say uh, there was there's a spirit called dha spirit called dha was in love with uh, a a a fairy spirit called tin mm-hmm. and they lived in a village called hagena and now i'm telling a story about them so the story is about dha dhagena tin and tying that together and in the expressive element dha appears to be a a male sound tin appears to be a female sound and so you try to develop this and in the village of dhagena so dha dhagena tin tit take 
Now comes the family, friends. So now dha has dhagena titikitighena dha. And she is so all these elements are being put together and a story is being told by the player, by the performer. The performer understands the story. The connoisseurs sitting there are getting a certain whiff of it. The audience is just enjoying a rhythmic interplay of words, mm -hmm. tabla words. So that's fine. But for me to understand that is for me to be able to... Uh, uh, reveal to myself how am I to speak it on my instrument and and that revelation is a very important revelation it's not a saval jawab it's 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 uh, learning to be a storyteller around a fire I want to ask you uh, are you then alluding to Bayan which if I am correct yeah I I'm, 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 I'm alluding to telling I mean yeah. when you are a representative of a tradition what is your responsibility? In the old days in the villages, the responsibility of an elder uh, keeper of a tradition was to sit the village people down at night around a fire and tell them about that tradition. So that was a bayan. That was, and, and, and that's exactly what this is. This is exactly that. I mean, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, you may call it defending your PhD uh, uh, you know, or or or, or uh, telling your experiences of of what you learned from your great grandfather and 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 who and who learned in turn from his father and grandfather and so on and and it came down. So this is basically it. I'm telling a story. Uh, I do not expect the audience to understand the story or even understand that I'm telling a story. For them, the audience, it's it's an interesting language that is being presented to them, which they don't know anything about. Uh, but they're enjoying the rhythmic interplay between words and syllables and phrases and, and sentences and paragraphs that are being put together. And they are having a good time tapping their feet, nodding their head and having an understanding that they are part of this, this interaction that's happening on stage between musicians. The connoisseurs, however, and the students of the music, however, are hopefully getting a gist of, of what's going on. Okay. Uh, talking of stories, there is an incredible story. I'm going to take you back uh, to your very early days. The story of in the first words uttered by your father in your ears. If you could narrate in your own words for our listeners. In India, I, I guess the, it's a, and, and it depends on where you are in India. It's a patriarchal society. Uh, so when a child is born, it's up to the father to be able to speak the first, first words in the ear of the child. And uh, so it was no different in my home. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother, uh, I think it was the second day, brought me home uh, from the nursing home, which was down the road from where we lived, where, and I was born there, and, um, and handed me to my dad. Uh, so now I was, I'm, I was the first son, first male child. Before me, there were three female child, my elder sisters. Uh, so, and she said, 
recite a prayer in his ear. In in Urdu, she said that, recite a prayer in his ear. Mm -hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. So he took me in in his arms and and put his lips to my ear and started reciting tabla syllables. Stuff like that. And, and it's like as if he was talking to me and telling me something. My mother, of course, was highly irritated and say what are you you know doing you're supposed to say a prayer and and my father looked at her and and you know and uh, with us with us with a grin on his face and 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 says but this is my prayer this is how i pray and he said to her i'm i am saraswati's pujari uh, and uh, and she i love her and she loves me and, and and this is how I pray, and this is the way my son will pray. You see, it, it's very significant because you're in a Muslim house, and 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 my mother is a con, you know uh, was a practicing Muslim, and my father also in some ways a practicing Muslim, going to prayers on Fridays and stuff. But to him, what was important was that he was representing what Saraswati had blessed him with a whole entirely different way of life and 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 that that information must be passed on to his son who's only two days old doesn't quite understand what it is but must be passed on and that that information is to be his mantra to be his prayer not la ilaha illallah or some other uh, other stuff from Arabic but that and so 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 it is very interesting for me to later on unravel this mystery on why and how of why that you know this is happening in a muslim home and it wasn't just my home alone other muslim ustads did the same to their child and 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 that was an interesting uh passing on of a legacy of, of, of information that happened. So so this is a story. So every day from there on in, he would hold me in his arm and he would sing rhythm. My mother did not question that any further. And he would just sing rhythms in my ear for an hour or two hours. And and, 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 I, and and the funniest thing was, if I was crying or something and he held me his arm and he started to recite, I would quiet down. And I would just listen with wide eyes like, like I, I, I imagine that in that state of mind where the child is much more aware of, of, uh, of this world being, uh, how should I say, a three-dimensional world uh, and, and aware of all those dimensions and actually seeing, you know, the heavenly dimension and the ethereal dimension and, 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 and the surface world dimension, and seeing all that uh, was actually listening and connecting these sounds to what that child was looking at and 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 were there spirits flying around and 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 you and then those wide eyes were absorbing all that you please remember that a child when is two or three days old cannot see very well it's everything is very fuzzy but wide eyes meant that that information was that there were spirits that that information was being connected to 
So, so this is the story as a child, and and uh, I kept getting that information for, I think, for many many months to come until it I became a little too heavy for him to hold. <laughs> How interesting! I mean, uh, yours was an incredible childhood, and and talking to you, I I hear that it was incredibly busy as well. And from oh, a very yes. young age, you were accompanying the biggest names in Hindustani classical music: Pandit Ravi Shankar, your own father, Ustad Alaragha, mm-hmm. uh, Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma, Bhim Shain Joshi. and many more uh, do you remember how was that time just you know you're such a beautiful storyteller you're painting incredible pictures for our listeners could you oh, tell yes, us how were those days ah oh, my god in those days i mean i remember at first it, it it started with me going with my father to all the concerts and so for as the age of 5 6 he would take me with him and i would sit on his side on the stage and actually uh Uh, you know in those days it was quite normal for students uh to sit on stage students of the musicians performing to sit on stage behind them and around them because uh that was transmission of knowledge being passed on to them on stage in other words here's this element some day you're going to be sitting where i am sitting the guru is saying to the students now listen carefully watch carefully see the audiences see the environment and see how everything comes together see how i'm projecting my music and see how the audience is responding and see how that tabla player is accompanying me and 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 learn all these interactions and the protocols and and uh, that uh, that it involves and and etc etc so that's what was interesting so my father would take me on stage with him and i'd sit and i'd listen and i'd watch and through this process uh arrived a day when uh, uh i was a little bit antsy on the stage because my father used to keep an extra tabla so i had that extra tabla and uh, next to me so i didn't even realize that i was actually you know playing along mm. with my father and the maestro he was accompanying boom 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 and uh <laughs> and they were both kind of like looking at me every now and then and and in their minds and i guess there was this thought that they should stop me uh but then uh, there was also a thought that they didn't want to in any way discourage me i was like keeping up i was playing the take up properly so it wasn't like i was in any way disturbing it was just another sound doing the same thing and 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 so uh uh the maestro looked at my father and and uh, and they both smiled and my father said to me uh tu bajayega in other words will you play and and i you know a young man i don't understand the enormity of the situation uh i don't understand what kind of reverence i should be paying to the maestros who is sitting on stage you know and i just immediately said yes of course i'll play you know a kid wanting attention and it's coming why not uh so and then my father said you understand the tal and i said yeah and um, and he said okay so you take over and and play and and then he just walked off the stage to the side and and i sat down and he stood in the in the in the wing watching having a glass of water or something and i started playing with the maestro who happened to be at the time ustad ali akbar khan and i was 7 years old and uh, and wow. uh, i and i started playing with him and 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 so for about 15 20 minutes i played the theka of teen tal properly with him 
and and uh, and uh, and it was great. And then they could see, and my father could see that I was tiring now, because you know how much a seven-year-old can, you know, as attention span uh, can be. And you know, so I was like looking and uh, wondering, okay, how long am I supposed to do this? And then my father walked on and sat down, and the audience applauded and all that. And uh, so that was my first experience to play with a maestro who so generously allowed this to happen. And it, uh, just imagine, uh, I mean, what kind of a adrenaline and encouragement, a boost uh, that could be for a little child that, you know, and, and the next thing I knew, I'm, I was looking for another moment like that. And, and, and that kind of moment, uh, uh, you know, looking for that moment excitement inside of me made me want to do this even more. And, you know, it's like, okay, I should play more and more and maybe I'll get another chance to go and do that. I loved the way the audience was applauding me and I loved the way uh, I had the attention of everybody. And, and, you know, the vanity part also kicked in, obviously. And so <laughs> that was the first time. <clears throat> And then, of course, I was doing little concerts here and there for kids and doing, there was a radio show on in All India Radio in those days called Gamma Chammat mm -hmm. that happened every Sunday. And, and it was a show that showcased uh, uh, talented students, music students from various schools in Mumbai and uh, All India Radio Dijad. And I would invariably end up every Sunday for that show, even if my school was not part of it. But they made certain that I would come and I would close the show with a solo. And 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 so that was very nice that, that I was getting that kind of an att attention in All India Radio. And uh, so kept going. And then came my age when I was 12. And uh, my father was playing again a concert, I thought, with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan for the press corps of India. There's a place called Churchgate and there was up in some uh, WIAA building or something, a uh, hall, which the press corps used for their meetings and everything. So that's where it was. <coughs> and uh, I went and uh, my father tuned the tablas and got everything ready. And, and then just when the concert was to begin, he said, okay, you're on. So between themselves, Ali Akbar Khan Sahib and my father had decided that this would be my coming out party. Wow. And this is where I would be, you know, asked to, you know, uh, uh, defend my PhD or whatever uh, and, and, and present myself and, uh, and, and hope for the best. So uh, that's what happened. 12 years old. Again, Ustad Ali Akbar Khan generously allowing this moment for a child and and I sat down and I played with him and uh, and so from there on in it was like I mean Pandit Shiv Kumar Sharma ji or Pandit Hari Prasad Chaurasya ji and uh, Sitara Devi the great Kathak dancer yeah. and all those people would would take me on and and what would happen in those days was at least for the dance like Sitara Devi there would be another tabla player there a senior guy who was part of the Kathak dance system. I wasn't part of the Kathak dance system. And, uh, but she would make sure that I would be there and, and I would sit and I would play. 
and 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 it was amazing that i was given that opportunity to sit and 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 learn that aspect of the music meaning kathak style aspect of the music and and i she said come to my class and play for my class and i would go and i would play for a class and you know and uh, and understand what accompanying kathak was all about it was a whole different world different sounds different language and 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 so that came my way playing with pandit shiv kumar sharma ji he would talk to me about uh, being a tabla player himself and 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 so how he played with people he had also accompanied people like pandit ravi shankar ji and ali akbar khan sahab and so on and he used to tell me his experiences about it and that uh, you know was something that i could put into uh, action myself and it was great to have that kind of uh, big brother uh, uh, telling me and he still is he's one of my mentors and uh, and as somebody i look up to and and he is my elder brother and has been for last 50 years or so on and so so that happened i i remember we, i flew i must have been 13 or some years old with my father first time i took a flight uh, uh to indore uh and there was a big music festival there all the great maestros were there and um, so i was there and i was practicing in my father's room and the organizer heard uh, he had come to see my father and 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 said oh your son's playing very well and so he asked my father he said why don't we have your son play for 10 minutes a solo so uh, and my father said okay so i got on stage uh, that evening and i played a 12 or 15 minute solo while i was playing the solo a great legend musician walked to the side and into the dressing room behind the pendol it used to be a big canopy a tent and because there were no concert halls in those days so and he asked somebody who ye bachcha kon hai and then somebody said this is allah rakha ji's son he said acha baja raha hai jeete raho and he walked in to the dressing room he was the closing act that night and so after the concert was over uh, he had the organizer bring me to him and he gave me aashirwad and said beta bahut acha bajaya and and then he said you know how to play with bhajans and and i said yes sir because i had been uh, playing with you know like film singers and bhajan singers and all also in those days yes i said yes sir i do and and so he said okay so at the end of my concert i'll be singing a bhajan you come and and join us and play with us and and that was one of the biggest aashirwad i have because uh, the 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 legend was pandit omkarnath thakur mm-hmm. one of the greatest vocalist of yesteryears and and he took a 13 year old kid and and got him on stage with him and said play with me i mean that kind of an aashirwad was coming my way without me i i think first of all being deserving of it and secondly you know you know having put the penance in the year and before such aashirwad comes and and one of my other uh, duties was every sunday when i was back home in Mum- uh, in mumbai if i was not in indore <laughs> uh, uh, i had to take my tabla and go and sit in front of uh, ustad bade gulam ali khan the great singer wow. and and my duty was to just sit there and and he would be lying on his on his uh, little uh uh seti that he had 
and um, and he'd be singing and he had his auto harp with him and he'd play that and he'd sing and if the mood was upon him to to sing actually some composition or something or a song then my duty was to accompany him i mean so that what i i considered it, it it a duty and i did and i played the taka but what was going on was that i was getting information as to how to accompany a vocalist vocalist how to appreciate vocal because the most important thing a tabla player can do is learn how to accompany a vocalist if you can accompany a vocalist you can accompany anybody uh, and and that is a very and, and when i say a vocalist i mean a traditional classical indian vocalist so these kind of incidents were happening to me while i was so young mm -hmm. and and uh, i i feel that i have had a very blessed uh, childhood uh, i have been sort of kept uh, in place by angels and spirits i don't even have uh, you know i don't even deserve to have had as my guides and 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 this has been the thing ravi shankar ji uh taking me for a four concert tour in india uh when i was 15 and talking to me about how i should be as an accompanist on stage giving me information that has uh you know been in good stead for me even now and and so those kind of things happening and then the first time i came to america and and it was because ravi shankar ji called me and said uh i have arranged for a flight for you to come come because your father is not well so he's not able to do these four concerts five concerts i think so you will come and play he could have asked anybody he could have asked pandit kishan maharaj pandit shamta prasad ji any of those great maestros but he said zakir come and play with me it was uh, amazing for me that's when i was 18 years old and uh, and in those days an 18 year old could could walk into a us embassy in munich germany put his passport in front of them without a, an air ticket or anything in his hand and say i need a visa to go to america and and the question they would ask you is for how long yeah. <laughs> no papers nothing and so i got a visa and i came to new york and i played my first concert in america in new york with pandit ravi shankar ji and then we did four more concerts in line with that and um, and the rest is uh, in for me a history because he then arranged for me to go to university of washington in seattle as a teacher of uh, in the ethnomusicology department which also allowed me to then uh, learn not only uh, uh, the music that was part of the uh, ethnomusicology system which was african middle eastern uh, indonesian Uh, uh all these musics were being taught there but i also learned jazz i also learned western classical music and also did some studies on regular subjects in that university while i was uh, a teacher there so such oppor opportunities were there and then ali akbar khan sahab heard that i was in seattle and he had his ali akbar college there and his teacher of that time pandit shankar ghosh was leaving and uh, to go to india to, to to because he wanted to bring up his son in those days the baby vikram ghosh in india mm. and uh, and so he needed a teacher and he called me in in seattle and said come to my college and teach here and and to you know there would be tabla players of incredible talent and genius who would have given the right thumb to be able to have that 
uh, appointment, but I got it. And uh, I was 19 or 20 years old, and I took it. And um, and then I had this great blessing of of living in Ali Akbar Khan Sahib's shadow again, and and being guided by him and learning. So I have to say that I've had a charmed life. I've had an incredible blessing of love and affection and transmission of knowledge from so many sources of Indian music, so many legends of Indian music, uh, that all this growing up in, in, in has been uh, not a chore. It hasn't been difficult or it hasn't been strange or, or, or irritating or anything. It has been one beautiful uh, experience after another, uh, one grand feeling after another, one vendor, wondrous revelation after another, and and, and it hasn't stopped. It it it, it continues uh, now, and and I hope also in the future. It's so lovely to hear this, Dubai. You you say all these things with such nonchalance that you uh, did your debut with Ustad Velayat Khan. Your investiture sort of happened with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan. You accompanied Bade Hulam Ali Khan, and even then you reject the label of child prodigy. So uh, I will. Allow me to disagree with you there. And uh, with regards to Pandit Ravi Shankar, you know, yeah. he was a he was a he had a rock star persona, and I'd say that uh, you also come very close to that. And you were speaking about the long time you spent with Pandit Ravi Shankar. Uh, did you did you say that you learned a lot of those things like stage presence, etc., from Panditji? Well, I have to say that Indian classical music was largely. Uh, uh, living in the courts of Maharajas and the Nawabs and, and so on. So uh, that is where it survived and, and so and that's where it, it, it actually blossomed because the listeners in those places were connoisseurs. Mm. And so you and other musicians who were court musicians, so you played the music in a certain way. But when the princely states went away uh, after independence or at that time, uh, the musicians had nowhere to go, what to do. And so it became obvious to them that they had to find a way to be able to bring the music to the janta, to the, to the audiences, you know, and, and play concerts on stage, uh, which were rare in those days. And, and, and so many organizers uh, uh, were born all over the country who started to put together festivals and, uh, and and started inviting musicians to come and perform. And that's what was happening. But even then, it was to a limited audience who had an interest in it. And, and, and there was no understanding of how to transmit that music from the stage to this audience who really did not know much about it. And so that was a, a big stumbling block for musicians of those eras who would sit, get on the stage, close their eyes and do their music uh, with, you know, this uh, idea in their mind that the audience is understanding everything they are doing and that's it. And, 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 but no interaction, no connection with the audience. So that interaction, that connection, that stagecraft that was developed was, uh, and, and the, the person in the forefront of that was Pandit Ravi Shankarji and and then his colleagues of that time, Ustad Ali Akbar Khan Sahib, Ustad Vilayat Khan Sahib, and of course the partners in that crime were the the Trinity of Tabla, 
माय फादर उसका पंडित किशन महाराज एंड पंडित श्यामता प्रसाद जी दीज थ्री तबला प्लेयर्स व कंसिडर्ड द इनक्रेडिबल तबला प्लेयर्स ऑफ द टाइम इन दोज डेज एंड दे वर ऑफ कोर्स अमेजिंग दे हैड दिस मैग्नेटिक and charm the audiences no matter where they were and whatever kind of audience there was and 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 so vilayat khan sahab ali akbar khan sahab ravi shankar ji formed partnerships with these three tabla players and they started creating a style of presenting the concert that had this excitement that had this what you call sawal jawab and what you know all this interplay and 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 great jugalbandis and stuff between the tabla and the sitar and the sarod and the tabla and so on and it's so over and audiences lapped it up and and so there was a development of how to uh, uh bring this music to the audiences and and that's one thing that i learned stage craft from pandit ravi shankar ji i mean i would i would always credit him uh but that i know many other musicians learn that from him too so i i i emulate him when i'm on stage uh you know whether there is a nod to a, to my fellow musician or a smile to them or a, or a connection with the audience locking eyes with some people or making a joke on stage and you know all this kind of stuff uh i learned from him and one of the greatest learnings i had from him was uh remember i told you that i did four concert things with him in india when i was 15 years old and um, so the first concert happened in bombay i played with him i thought it was great audiences applauded my every move i thought that was a big success but he didn't say a word to me when we flew off to hyderabad and um, so i was like waiting for him to say well done beta and what not but nothing happened and then the next concert uh day and or so later in hyderabad uh again i thought it was a great concert audiences applauded they loved it i played everything the way i thought it should be again no reaction from him and and it was like what what's what the hell's going on he's not saying anything and um, and and in the meantime i was getting very antsy very agitated like you know i wanted him to like you know say something like well done nothing was coming so on the flight from hyderabad to i think cochin i was sitting with him and i said so uncle the concerts have been good so far haven't they you know it's like trying to start a conversation to get some you know pat on the back from him and and he just said yeah they're fine and then he was back to his magazines and paid newspapers and stuff he didn't say a single word but he saw that i was like you know getting very uh you know agitated and i was like wanting to get something off my chest or or something so he put his magazines down and he looked at me and said sakir i said yes sir and and he said do you remember what kurta i was wearing what color kurta i was wearing on the concert in mumbai and suddenly there was a blank i couldn't remember and he said okay and he said do you remember if i ever looked at you on the stage while i was playing with you i couldn't remember hmm. and then he said do you remember any of the melodic patterns or tihais that i played on that evening and i couldn't remember but i could remember everything that i had done that was very clear to me and you know on what thing the audiences applaud more and 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 less on some things 
and 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 those things were very clear in my head but i had no idea at all zero of what he had done so then he said so here's my question to you um, we are supposed to be having a musical conversation on stage yet you don't remember a single word that i told you or i told the audiences through my music he said that to me and he said you have no idea if i looked at you or if i wanted something done uh, on the tabla and you were not paying attention and he was right because i was sitting with my tabla and my body facing the audience and he was on my left and i wasn't even looking at him i was hearing him and so i was keeping time and everything but just waiting for my turn to play and not really paying attention to what he did and whether i should in some ways interact in that conversation to enhance uh, the 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 effect of whatever he was doing no attention to that at all and so he said try to be a conversationalist with me you know you are my accompanist that's true but we are there as equals on stage and 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 you have to put in your two bits in this talk that we are having on stage and 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 that was very interesting so it was his suggestion that i should sit at an angle rather than facing the audience i should just turn slightly towards him so that i can watch him and and see what's going on and and he and he didn't say anything else just tr- he said just try that so the next concert was in cochin i did that and i turned at an angle and i looked at him and suddenly i could hear what he was saying to me in words not just music and and i knew how to resp- and i could tell exactly how to respond to it and and suddenly it became an interaction a conversation a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, play between two friends uh, like two puppies frolicking in a field i mean it became just such a fun thing and and and, and i totally forgot that i was on stage and there was an audience that i should charm the hell out of and 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 all that was going on uh it was just amazing experience and so he has had a huge hand in my life as an accompanist to other musicians on stage this one little uh teach that he gave me about sitting at an angle and watching uh, has he it it totally changed the way i look at playing with other musicians the way i look at making conversation with other artists and 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 also made me aware of the fact that i wasn't the most important person on the stage that i was part of a group of people who were sitting on stage who in a unified manner were going to help each other get to a uh, a unified statement of music that when relayed to the art to the music to the audience would make sense to the audience and would make the audience happy make them feel good and make them acknowledge a job well done so so that is uh, his contribution which has stayed with me through all this time and uh, and and i pass this information on to all the young musicians that i interact with and uh, and uh, thank god for all those great uh, moments that i was allowed to have with all these great maestros and and the information that they gave me 
which uh, uh, which is precious, which is unparalleled, and uh, uh, just something that has shaped my life as a musician without them actually, you know, prodding me in, in a way uh, a teacher would prod a student. Really, Ziva, you were a good learner as well that you got so much out of that. We look forward to welcoming you in Singapore on the other side of COVID-19. Uh, I, I hope would, so. This, this is one podcast where I've had a happy smile and a grin throughout listening to you. Thank you very much for your time once again, Zibai. And Thank you, Himanshu. And please say hello to everybody who's watching or will hear this. And, and please thank Esplanade for allowing me the opportunity to experience that stage in that room. And, and I hope that I get to do it again someday soon. Thank you. Thank you, Zibai. Take care.